Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. I'm Andrew Harris. And I'm Andrew Decker. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How are you? You know, we had like a slight cool off, but I feel like we're back. We're back at Texas weather. It's it's a little bit. It's been a little bit warm in the past couple of days. It has been a little bit warm, um, but I see cooler temperatures in the forecast. We're going to have shorter days in yeah. in. in well, if you if you're on a game management ranch, we're talking less than a week and you said right, game management, right? Game management yeah. ranch, less than a week and we're we're open season or That's archery fun. season That's if you fun. learn if you learn how to hunt with a bow like I do. You know, it's been kind of humid up here too, and we're in North Texas. What does that have to do with anything? Well, I'm just saying, but not near as humid as it usually is in Houston. In Houston, That's Lord right. forbid. How'd you like that segue? Uh, that was that was a terrible segue. Well, today <laughs> we are talking with Neil Krug, who is a solo criminal defense attorney in Harris County. That'd be Houston, Texas. Neil, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, gentlemen. How are y'all? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for joining us. That may have been one of our worst openers. More worst segues, really? Well, openers and segues. It was it was bad. So we apologize well, to Neil and to our listeners for that. Yeah, uh, you can send any complaints to Andrew Harris. We are we're really trying though. We are trying. We are trying. All right, let's actually get to the topic. Uh, <laughs> Neil, first of all, thanks for being on the show, and thanks to your paralegal for introducing you to the show. We hope that uh, you'll start listening like he does. So we um, got this. Yeah, we got this email from Neil that says, "Hey, my paralegal listens to your show. I don't know who the heck you guys are." But I want to be on your podcast. It was something along those lines. Right? And and we've we'll said, take it. We said if you reach out, we'll probably put you on. And this is proof. We'll take it, right? So I um, it, gentlemen. So thanks, thanks so James. Yeah, appreciate James, you, James Wakeland. Uh, uh, he was trying to you know just improve and try to be better as as his par- as paralegal of mine. And he was like, "Hey, these guys are saying some good stuff. You need to listen to." So some uh, that's why I reached out. Man. So thanks to it's, James. The good stuff is when we have guests on like yourself, Neil. Right. Exactly. So um, just, you know, start start by just introducing yourself to our audience and why you became a criminal defense attorney. Sure. So my name is Neil Krug. Um, I was born and raised in Houston. I lived in Houston my entire life. Went to uh, Texas A&M for uh, four and a half years. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, and then went to South Texas. I had a year uh, in between uh, graduating because I had to work on my LSAT score. Um, but I finally got into South Texas, graduated and, and passed the bar and started with the DA's office. I uh, passed the bar in 2011, um, worked some some pretty horrible jobs until I got the, the job at the DA's office in 2013. I got a call from Mike Anderson, who was the sitting DA on a, uh, April 1st, and uh, which, you know, I thought maybe this was a joke, but he's like, hey, we want to offer you a job. Um, seven days later, I was a prosecutor with Harris County. I uh, worked there for three years, and then um, in June of 2016, decided to open up my own practice, and I've been doing that since. Yeah, that's great. You know, most of, and um, we talk about it kind of, uh, semi-quasi-frequently, but um, most of the defense attorneys I know started out as prosecutors. Just a great way to get some training. Most of Mr. them do. Yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's a good fair that... that um, they do, you know, start out, you know, having been a prosecutor and then they realize uh, a couple of things, you know, obviously um, some that just straight go to defense. There's some of the ones that I know that some of the best ones, um, you know, Mark Deason, uh, Sean Darvishi, some of these guys that just yeah. went straight to defense and um, 
and they're killing it. So, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a, a prosecutor beforehand. You can definitely um, be successful like these guys are. And that's right. the defense, you know, I, yeah. I actually would have preferred to go the prosecutor route, but none of the prosecutors at the time were either either they weren't hiring or they weren't hiring me. Yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't hire yeah. me either. So, you know, that's fine. I, was, I graduated. Yeah. yeah, I graduated in 08 and they had a big hiring freeze in Harris County and all that. So I got when I got hired on, it was at Fort Bend County, which yeah. for our listeners is just southwest of uh, of Houston. But um very grateful for that, for that work and for that experience. And also extremely grateful that I no longer work there. So Neil, why why did you make the transition after three years? What was it that made you you know, we all talk about the light side of the dark side, but why is it that you decided it was time for me to make the move? So, you know, I, I've been working there for obviously uh, two and a half years ish leading up to it. I was in two of the most heaviest dockets um, and, and I'll refer to them as rocket dockets. Um, and the 185th was Susan Brown, um, who's, you know, now overseeing uh, a bunch of the uh, cases all throughout Texas. And then Judge Brad Hart and they had rocket dockets, meaning that, um, all of the cases were on one day, basically, except for the, except for like the the new cases that would come up, um, you know, on, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday. Um, and so I was just super overwhelmed, and, and I was like, look, I, I this I, I can't continue this anymore. I've I've given given all I can give, and I was always, if you ask anybody that that knows me, as when I was a prosecutor, I was very laid back. I was very chill. Um, I was always, you know, willing to work with uh, the defense, uh, never, you know, didn't have one of those um, prosecutor hat syndrome issues. I was always like defense friendly and I knew I was going to end up there one day. And so I, I realized it was finally the time to just make the jump, make the leap and go and do the damn thing, you know? Yeah. And so did Harris County um, at that time require like a three year commitment like we know a lot of offices do? Uh, uh, it was, I think it was one of those things that was just kind of understood. Um, gotcha. I mean, my, my interview process, um, is way different. I think it was way different than it is now. Um, I mean, with the time that I applied, there were like, I think a hundred applicants and five of us got hired, you know? Yeah. Um, I had to go through, through that, uh, process, the, uh, the, the, I walked into the sixth floor of the DA's office and there was like 18, it was a huge, huge conference table, nine on one side, nine on the other. And then, you know, uh, judge Belinda Hill, um, at the very end of it. And, yeah. uh, it was a barrage of questions. Um, I don't think they have that process anymore with, oh. with all respect to the current prosecutors. Um, but that's, that's what it required at the time for, for, for us to get hired on back in 13 and there were five of us and um i still i still have contact with the five of us that started till, still to this day for sure man yeah that 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 is a pretty hellacious process um <laughs> yeah i've been interviewed uh, so my my interview at fort bend county was similar they just didn't have 18 there's probably less than 18 prosecutors total in that entire office at the time um <laughs> yeah. but the one and I, I was interviewed in tarrant county and it was the same deal. I got, I got, um, passed on to the second and final interview and it was just a room full of people just throwing questions at me. And they were not like, 
I mean, they, yeah. they, they were, they took the gloves off. I mean, it was, it was really tough. I was sweating afterwards. Um, yeah. Did not get hired. Yeah. Dude, that was the same. That's the same for me. I also applied to Tarrant. I applied, I applied to all the, I mean, I applied to almost all the counties. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'd worked as an intern at the Harris County DA's office before back in 2009. And, um, I'd hopefully made a decent name for myself. So they were expecting me whenever I went into the interview process, they were like, Hey, we've heard so many good things about you, but you're not showing it. And so, um, <laughs> honestly, this is what happened. This is the only reason I, I, I think, you know, finding out, you know, hindsight 2020, I got the job. Um, they were like, show me something. So I said, well, I was, I was at the time I was helping coach a, my old high school mock trials team. And they're like, well, how would you how would you uh, respond to your mock trial team if you know? I was like, what does that mean, a win or a loss? And it's like, you know, let's say they win. And so I composed myself, sat in the chair in front of these nineteen people, and then I got up and I go, woo! And I I just I just did like a huge motivational speech for for my high school mock trial team, and I honestly think that's what got me the job because um, they were like, all right, now we see that personality that we've heard about and all these referrals of. That's cool. Um, that knows you. Yeah. And it was, it was, um, it was a dream job that I've always wanted. I cried whenever I got offered the job. Uh, yeah. that's, that's how much I wanted to be a prosecutor in Harris Ho- County. Hopefully you at least hung up the phone before you started crying. Well, Mike Anderson uh, back in the day probably wouldn't have cared. He would have, he would have expected you to cry. I bet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I for sure hung up the phone. I just started calling everybody that I knew my parents first and yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's kind of cool. like that feeling when you find out that you're licensed, like, that you actually passed the bar. Uh, that's exactly what I did, man. I, I, that was a, that was a good day. I, I still not remember quite that sure moment. if I was, if <laughs> I was not quite sure if I was going to pass. I was sitting with a former judge in a major law firm in Tarrant County when the bar results came out. And one of the other attorneys walked down the hall and said, bar results are out. And the attorney slash former judge turned around and said, well, let's see how you did Mr. Decker. And I'm like going, Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thankfully I passed. Please, please don't fail. So what uh Neil, I mean, you you born and raised in, in Houston, um, went to law school in Houston, prosecutor in Houston. What what makes Houston or Harris County so special? Uh yeah, like you guys mentioned, um, uh, born and raised in Houston, always been in Houston. Grew up in uh, the Meyerland area here in Houston. Um, have been here for you know, obviously leading up to uh, okay. Slow down, slow down. For the people who are not Houston friendly, what tell us what the My- Ireland Ireland? Yeah, so it's kind of near Bel Air. It's like the cheap Bel Air. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. no, it's I, not. No, it's not. But it's it's uh it's the southwest part of Houston. Um, okay. Still, and, uh, still I, I Houston. To, yeah. Actual course. Houston, Houston proper, not. Not Houston a suburb. Proper, yes, Houston proper. Um, for those that aren't, you know, too familiar with Houston area, um, Houston is vast, and there are so many pockets, and this is a little pocket. And uh, I went to a small private school for eighteen years, St. Thomas Episcopal, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then uh, I just I knew I wanted I, from the time that I was in eighth grade. Uh, my dad's a real estate attorney. He used to be the general counsel of Perry Homes. Um, and he took me to a trial. Um, so he's transactional, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not a litigator. And he took me to a trial. I think when I was in eighth grade, took me out of, took me out of school, took me out of class and, and said, I want you to come see this. And, um, I watched this attorney, Jeff Bracken. I don't know if he's still practicing or not, but I watched him, um, try this case. And I was like, this looks awesome. This <laughs> looks like fun. 
Um, this, you know, it, it, it's a it's a little bit of especially when you're a litigator, it's a little bit of theatrics mixed with uh, knowledge, you know. And um, I mean, coming to learning that, and uh, and I was like, this sounds like something I definitely want to do. And um, and so I went to went to A and M. I my major was history with a minor in communications. Never changed my major. Um, one of the few people that I know that never once changed their major because so I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to major in history, minor communications, go to law school. Um, I didn't know, you know, uh, exactly what I wanted to do with that, but, um, you know, things fall into place and I applied for an internship with the DA's office after that internship, you know, I was like, all right, here we go. So, I, you know, I'm Houston born and bred and raised. Yeah. So, so I guess like what, what makes practicing law in Harris County. So special. We do on this podcast, we talk to a lot of people just in our immediate area in North Texas. And, you know, there's a lot of good things to say about Tarrant and, you know, I guess there's some redeeming value to Dallas. Um, but you know, for the most part, you know, we, we stay North, you know, North of the, of the Brazos. Mm -hmm. Um, so what makes, what makes practicing in Harris County special to you besides, you know, being home and close to your family and all that? Yeah, it's very taxing. Um, I mean, we're, I think we're the, the the out of Cook County and then Manhattan or whatever. I think we're the third largest county um, in the uh, in the uh, entire nation. You know, um, there's so many cases that come through Harris. Um, it, 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 you know, we're quietly really uh, loud with so many cases that are that are uh, filed here. Um, right. So, no so look, look, hold on. How yeah. many, like I, I've heard outstanding numbers of just how many courts, how many criminal misdemeanor and criminal felony court, how many courts are there actual misdemeanor and felony courts? I believe there are, I know for sure there are 16 misdemeanor and I think there are 16 plus in felony. I mean, I could name wow. them all to you, now, but I, I can't, you know, I'm not going to do the math, but I, I want to say there's 16 plus. I could tell you every single uh, every single district court and what floor they're on. Um, so it's four times. Yeah, it's, it should be close to 16 to 20. Um, so like 32, 32-ish courts yeah. total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Which is nuts, you know. Um, and I practice in a few other counties, um, you know, in Tarrant and in and, and Dallas. And um, just Harris is massive. It's just massive. Yeah. So you you have done work up here. I've taken a few cases earlier on in my days when I was trying to make, make a name money. for myself yeah. and trade. You know, I, I, I make a little extra money. Um, I took the Vaughn Lane. Uh, oh, right on. <laughs> up to Dallas for a case I had there. Um, you know, I've driven up to Taron just a little bit, but otherwise, at this point, that's when I first started out. At this point, now I just, you know, I send it to uh, some of the some of the guys I know out there. James Fletcher is a great guy yeah. out there. Do and, you uh, do you stick to Harris County, or do you do some of the other surrounding counties? I do. I do. Um, Harris, Fort Bend, Galveston. Um, I'll take cases in Brazoria, but I haven't had any there in, in a while. But Fort Bend and uh, Galveston and Harris are my three little, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So like, so like most, most criminal defense attorneys, you kind of have a, have an area that you focus on. Uh, but if somebody with the right name and right money comes along, you might travel, you know, kind of the have, have bar license will travel. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And again, <laughs> they're a paying client, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have license, but, we'll try have briefcase, we'll travel. Um, yeah. but you know, um otherwise I'm like I mean, unless it's you know a substantial a substantial fee, uh yeah. I'd defer to somebody close, you know, like right. one, you know, give it to one of y'all guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. So part you, you mentioned that Harris uh that the Houston's a you know large swath of a of a city harris county is like number three in overall population in the in the nation and it is also because of that one of the most diverse uh areas in the nation how do you handle how do you do criminal defense with such a vast array of clients such a diverse array of clients like just language culture not to mention socioeconomic, which is an obvious, uh, but, but how do you, how do you handle that? That is a very poignant question for today, which is uh, uh, that you asked that uh, my paralegal went and visited one of my clients in the jail today. That is uh, deaf and uh, James, by the way. And he, um, and he, he knows sign language, which I had no idea until I said, Hey, you're going to go visit this guy. And he's like, well, I know, you know, he only signs, um, you know, he was able to sign with him. Uh, so James knows sign language. James knows sign language. He was able to communicate with my client in the in the in the jail. James, I hope uh, that's on your resume, man. That's a, I know. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that yeah. that um, that will be money for you at some point for sure. But but that's that's few and far between, right? So we're talking about. Um, I mean, if we're looking at you know realistically, um, a majority are uh, Hispanic and and black. You know. Right. Um, and it's, I mean, it is what it is. The cases come in and, you know, I, I just try to, to sit down and talk with them and, and say like, you know, here's, here's what's going on. Here's your case. Here's the evidence. Here's what they're presenting. Here's what I think we can do. Um, you know, as, as far as diversity, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to be like that person that says I don't see color, but I don't, it, it the case is what it is. De depending on it doesn't matter you know your it's your name and the offense and the evidence that they have against you i don't care what color or diversity you are for me right that's not just me i mean um sometimes people may want to use that towards their advantage or um you know uh, hopefully never a disadvantage but i just look at the case and go this is what we got going on i i'm a i'm a straight shooter defense attorney i, yeah. I don't i don't I don't sugarcoat things. Um, I don't promise things that I can't deliver. Um, I, I present them with what's going on, what I think is going to happen, and here's what we got to do. And uh, you know, it, it's up. It ultimately, you know, it's ultimately up to their decision as to what, what whatever the state offers. Right. Yeah. Evidence, it's up to them. That's all that matters. So I don't. I don't care what. I don't care. I mean, I don't want to say it. <laughs> The job is the job. I don't care right? about so, diversity, but yeah. I don't care about diversity. I care about the the client. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think the the place where I've had difficulty is where there's a language barrier. Um, I've had one where the guy had a DWI while on bond. He got another DWI, and I realized I got appointed to him. I think after the second one occurred, and I realized I don't think there's any way that he understood the. Uh, the questions like he spoke like a mixture of French and Swahili, kind of this kind of Tex-Mex between French and Swahili. His brother understood him and could translate, 
But there's no way. But if I ask him a question, you go, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, I, and, and, and then I said, uh, can't remember what it is. Um, I asked him, you know, like about his body parts. He could not identify his body parts in English. Hmm. Right. That would be, you know, kind of first first sets of, of learning. Yeah. And I went, yeah, there's no way he understood the, And we had to get a translator and so forth. That becomes a much more difficult than um, th- th- than just socioeconomic or race. Yeah. But even there, you can have people that just don't trust you because, you know. Maybe he didn't answer experience. your question because you're asking about his body parts also. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> ask about, I was like, where's your, stop. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, honestly, uh, to, to that point, um, it's very uh, relevant. I had a, a trial on a sexual assault, uh, 2 to 20. Uh, I went to trial a month ago, um, and he was a primarily Spanish-speaking client, and I don't really speak the best of, if any, Spanish. Um, so, you know, there was always somebody here to help translate. And um, we still went to trial on the case. Um, didn't turn out in our favor. Um, but even even the the language barrier didn't uh, didn't take away from my representation of him um, and my ability to try a case with you know I mean and this was the case where we had uh, we had translators or interpreters excuse me um, that were interpreting for you know my client and then when the complainant took the stand. You know, we had multiple interpreters going on, um, and that doesn't take away from my my or anybody's ability uh, to 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 fully represent a client and and do the best that we can. Yeah, it doesn't um, change your zeal. Of course right. not. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, I thought we had a good chance. You know, um, I'm not going to go into that too much further because uh, yeah. it's on appeal. But um, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Harris County being some of the biggest ones. And for years, it was uh, the, how did we put it earlier? Like, they sent more people to death row than, than most other, like, all states. the other states combined outside of Texas. And I, and now, you know, the law the law has changed, which allows for life without without uh, parole. I mean, you know, as, as a, a fairly young attorney, is that, are you seeing any... Um, you know, does that affect your practice at all? Uh, is that still the how Harris County is? You know, what what do you feel like is is changing in that in such a high death penalty uh, area? What what's your what's your thoughts on the the changing culture over there? So my, my understanding with you know with capitals um, and you know uh, I have not tried any capitals for what it's worth, um, but it's ultimately up to the DA's office. There's nothing we can do on the defense side. They'd be like, convince them. Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe submit a grand jury packet, maybe talk to the prosecutor before it's indicted. Um, hey, do this or that. But otherwise they're going to do what they're going to do. You know, they're, they're going to seek whatever they want to seek. There's nothing that we can really do um, at the outset, at the front, you know, the front part of the case to, to um, convince them, Hey, don't seek this. I think, you know, uh, I think it's safe that they always, you know, decide to seek the death penalty, and then you know you can go, right? You can go for a lesser afterwards. Um, 
you know, as far as Harris County being uh, one of the highest rates, well, that doesn't surprise me, guys. I mean, I, I just said it earlier on. We're the third largest county yeah. in the nation, you know, besides Cook County and Chicago and Manhattan County. So it doesn't surprise me. And we're and I, I don't know the uh, I don't think New York um, has the death penalty. I'm not sure if Chicago does, but I know that we yeah. do. So it doesn't surprise me that we do. And and um, if the case calls for it, cool. Great. Right. It's our job to come here and, and try to prevent that from happening, you know? Yeah, this was one of the uh, questions that I added on because I'm like, I don't know, man, maybe he'll have an interesting opinion on it, which, you know, is kind of like you, it's the job. I mean, you do the job, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't care. I don't care what the penalty is. Right. Give me the evidence. Let me let me work on it and then we'll go forward. Like, I don't obviously to the client that matters for sure. But yeah. I, don't, I don't ultimately they're going to decide what they want to decide. And they tell us all we can do. I literally had this happen yesterday. All I can do is present the client with the evidence they have. Yeah. Make them and, and say, not even make them. Look, this is the evidence. How do you want to proceed forward? This is where they are. Boom, go. You know, it, right. I, I, I really, I really do make it a point to leave it up to my clients to decide how they want to proceed forward with their cases. Um, I'm, I'm not some of these guys. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, plea pusher. I'm not, uh, I mean, you know, right. I'll try cases. I mean, you know, that's something I'll try. I'll try a class B trespass all the way to a, you know, a murder capital yeah. murder. You know, if I get to that point, but um, I, need, I need, some, need some more experience there, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. Can we talk about appointed cases for a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're a, a private attorney. You're like a free world attorney, real world attorney, but you also take some court appointments. So, so tell us about like, <clears throat> about that, like, you know, being a, a private attorney in Harris County, but also taking court appointments. Yeah. So, so there's a miss, there's, there's like, there's a misnomer of, you know, court appointed, at least in Harris County, right? I'm not going to speak in on, on the rest of Texas or yeah. wherever else uh, or that, that throughout the nation, but in Texas, at least in, sorry, in, in, uh, in Harris County, um, there's a public defender's office that is uh, uh, paid by the county, and those people that work for the public defender's office, uh, and they are some of the best defense attorneys um, in the entire city. Um, they are great, and they get paid by the county. Um, but but there are also, uh, at least as of right now, and there may be changes, uh, but at least as of right now, there are. Uh, People that can can get appointed to that have their own private practice get appointed to um, certain defendants, which end up becoming clients. Um, right. And so that's somebody like me who has a private practice um, who just uh, gets appointed a case, and then I work that case, and uh, you know, whatever happens happens. Right. Uh, but but there's there's a there's a huge misnomer on you know um appointed attorney public defender's office and free world lawyer and um i i just i want to i want to dispel any type of um i don't know rumors or whatever that, that that some of the best defense attorneys are court appointed attorneys that have their own private practice but they are some of the best attorneys in harris county um that 
that get some of the best results. Yesterday, um, Julio Vela, JV, um, I don't know if you guys talked to him or you, you should, but um, he's he's a he's he's an up and coming, if not already, um, one of the goats here in Harris County. Um, he had a jury out for two and a half days, I think, on a CSAC, continuous sexual assault of a child. Um, and he and he finally got the verdict yesterday of a not guilty. Wow, right? uh, that's I'm incredible. Almost, yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. The guy's the guy's great. I mean, you, just you having the jury out for two and a half days. If he would have lost, we still ought to have been like, dude, that that's that's pretty good. Yeah. I saw him in the elevator bank uh yesterday when they were still penny, and I said, What's going on? And he said, uh, they're still out. And I go, That's a good thing, brother. That's a good thing. Ten hours, that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Um, he was a point of that case. Um, uh, great attorney. So anybody that thinks these court appointed attorneys aren't good at what they do um there's a prime example of what happened yesterday of of a csat case continuous sexual assault of a child that he was able to get a not guilty after i think it ended up being like 14 hours of deliberation wow it's incredible um, it's incredible big ups to jv he has he has a, a local show here called reasonable doubt oh yeah 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 so um, you know yeah todd dupont we've had him on the show to talk about his book uh um, i love todd yeah, and uh, and he was telling us about the Reasonable Doubt show on that episode. Yes, um, sir. Yeah, so court-appointed attorneys save lives is what I'm hearing, you know? Well, okay, so so hold on, Neil. I'm, I'm going to kind of follow on the question. Yeah. As someone who does a very similar thing, and, and Mr. Harris does as well, and many of our listeners are exactly what you're talking about. We are have our own office. We're private attorneys, but we take appointments. Um and you, I, I'll be sitting in a in a attorney booth talking to an, a client, and per, as you said, presenting them with the evidence, and they don't like it, and they're gonna, I'm gonna hire a real attorney, and my answer is, great, have your girl hire an attorney. You might want to research who you're who you're talking to before you do. Yeah, right, <laughs> because um, I'm yeah, amazed. I I'm amazed that they're they're like, well, I want a real attorney. You're like, you don't even know who you're talking to. I know. I know. Um, yeah, that's frustrating. It, it, but it's fine. I, I, I accept it as a part of the whole thing. You know, um, look, if, if that's the way you feel, that's fine. That's fine. Right. It's okay, it's okay with me. That's fine. Um, I mean, you're dealing with somebody who's going to kick ass for you. Um, but that's fine. If that's how you feel, you know, um, go ahead and hire somebody, hire somebody. Yeah. I, I, I got no qualms with that. I but don't you, either. I don't either. At the end of yeah, the day, I don't think I'm we're like, offended. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not offended. I mean, this is just, or that I'm going to suddenly change what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to, I'm going to stop representing you such so zealously. Like I'm still going to. I've heard right. like, well, you get paid by the judge. So you're in the judges, you know, you're, you're really the judge's attorney and not my attorney. Well, and I'm like, well, uh, I mean, no, yeah, it's the it's, county. It's, it's the judge has nothing to do with it. Right. Right. Yeah. So if, if some of our listeners wanted to get, you know, wanted to become a court appointed attorney in Harris County, like what is it, what does it take to get on the wheel out there? So it's new apparently from my understanding. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's breaking news, um, but, <laughs> um, but my understanding incoming breaking news from Harris County. Sorry. <laughs> no, my, my understanding is that, so it used to be, you have to take a stupid, like, I think it was a yeah. hundred. 100 uh question test or 200 question i don't know where to, I, that's the one i took that's that's how i got 
Um, now I think it's you just submit a resume and the judges have to do whatever. Um, I was just recently, um, so I did take that test. Um, I did not pass the first time because <laughs> uh, I didn't take it. No, I know I did. That was it. I was thinking about the uh, what's the ethics one. I oh, didn't pass yeah. the ethics one. That's what I didn't pass the first time. No, I passed. I passed the uh, the court appointed test uh, first time, but I think that's now no longer uh, uh, prevalent. And I think they're just allowing people to present themselves based on their experience and what gotcha. they have, which is which is good because for I know Fort Bend for sure does that because I do work up there in Fort Bend. Um, I know that they do that, and um, and so they make you the, take a test. No, no oh, test. Okay. No, no test in Fort Bend. Okay. Um, you just you know, um, but I just re- was recently I I had to I had to reapply for a certification on court appointments uh to uh first degree um and so i i had to write a letter and i i want to say it's like 70 percent of the judges had to approve one's uh uh i guess increase from second degree to first degree Mm. and um and i got an email back and i think it's like june and then said you you know you've been now increased to first degree um you know, and I wrote a letter saying I've tried all these cases, done all this, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I got approved the first degree. So I, I, what I think it is now is that, you know, you just have to uh, prove yourself and, yeah. and and see if the judges are willing to have you as somebody that's, you know, on them. There, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of really, really, really good court appointments. The problem is there there's, you know, there's quite a few that aren't aren't the best that don't, you know. Um, yeah. They you don't know, fight the, as hard. They right, just know, push, I mean, please. Just, yeah. Well, but the same is true about retained attorneys. True. Right. You can you can pay someone five thousand dollars for a case. Yeah. And them not do anything, and you pay someone five thousand dollars for a case, and them do ten thousand dollars worth of work. That Absolutely. is not about how much you pay. That is about how hard the attorney is going to work. And most of them that are going to work hard will work hard, whether they're appointed or retained. And the ones that aren't going to work hard are going to skate and and pad their stuff, whether they are retained or appointed. Yeah, correct. For sure. I'm a skater. You're a skater. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, You know, I was, uh, when I interned in Harris County um, over the summer. When did you intern? When did you intern? Man, I don't even remember anymore. I graduated in May uh, from law school in May of 08. So it would have been summer of like 07, summer of 06. Uh, I was say, we might have interned together, but no. I'm old, man. I'm old. Um, 38. But, but uh, the, uh, back then, they the judges actually still had contract attorneys, even though they really weren't supposed to, because uh, um, the I guess there were the, the standards had come out that, Appointed attorneys should only have like five at a time, but they still had contract attorneys who, who like basically would just get the leftovers. And these guys were making like in one court for, as a contract attorney, they were making like six figures or something crazy just from like working pleas out every day. All they would do is just do, you know, 1244A. Can I get 1244A? And like, (laughs) we'd make those guys, when I was interning in the DA's office, we make those guys go and pay for lunch. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that happens. I, although I, I don't want to, you know, um, yeah. I don't want to shit on those people. Sorry, sure. uh, I don't want to. I mean, 
Yeah, that I mean, it, it's a case. great, it's but, a great right. gig if you can get it. You know what I mean? There are there are some of those that just that are you know plea mills. Um, yeah, that's not that's how I am at all. Um, and and that and and, and again that that's that's the that's the miss. Uh, misnomer. Yeah, uh, mischaracterization of the uh, of the job yeah. that we do. I mean, you know, I, I, I you want to go to trial? Hell yeah! I mean, I tell my clients, and I even tell James, you know, whenever he talks to some of my clients, I say, "Hey, you got a class C? I mean, not really class C, but let's be honest. But you know, you got you got a class B all the way to you know uh, uh, first degree felony. I'm your Huckleberry. You know, right. I'll try whatever. I'm not. I'm not one of these." specialty guys um you know i'll try whatever put it in front just give me in front of a jury let's go just tee it up yeah right yeah Yeah. which what you got to do if you're going to stay in business all right so talking about business we we've talked about the work now we want to know a little bit about the man the man the man behind the work so we ask all of our guests a few fun questions partly just because we're not just our work uh, and the first one we ask everyone is, what is your favorite band or musical artist? Um, well, I just purchased tickets to go see the 1975 uh, coming up in November. Um, but uh, favorites, I'm just going to do real quickly. John Mayer, 1975, St. Lucia. Um, I, I, I took my wife to see Michael Bublé uh, oh, two weeks ago. Okay, so, whoa, 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 slow up, slow up. You took your wife to see Michael Bublé. Yeah. That that's a date. Is that because you like Michael Michael Bublé, or is that because you know your wife likes Michael Bublé, and you know you got to do some certain things? Are we allowed to curse on this podcast? Sure. Yeah. I fucking love Michael Bublé. Well, <laughs> you know what? He loves you too. I know uh, he does. I know we got we got we got great floor seats to that. So. <laughs> what well, about good for you? Yeah, man, that's awesome. <laughs> What uh? What about your favorite book or just one that you know maybe you're reading or one you recommend to people? Uh, I love me some. <laughs> I know I love me some Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn because they're wow. you can curse again, right? Yeah, they're fucking rebels. Yeah, and they always they're little shits and there's little shit stirs and and they're always you know asking questions and they're always. Um, I think that was definitely something that I think um, Mark Twain tried to uh, portray through the characters that they were always just just pushing buttons and doing things. And I think it's, you know, um, I think it's important for people to read those books again yeah. to realize like these guys are you guys are asking the questions that that we should be asking this day and age sometimes a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it also reminds us how far we have come. Of course, right? Yeah, we have not we have not reached Nirvana as a society, but Lord have mercy, we've come a long way. Yeah. All right, best piece of advice you've ever received. It could be personal or professional. Um. So I was in the core at A and M, um, the core cadets, and uh, there was a sophomore. They gave me this advice whenever I was a freshman, running around like an idiot. And um, <laughs> and if you're that has nothing to do with core, being in the core, you know, a freshman well, is always running around like an idiot. Yeah, well, well, if you know the core, yeah, it is. Um, and um, and it and it's honestly the best advice I think I've ever gotten in my entire life. And it's uh, it's not the grades you make; it's the hands you shake. 
Yeah. That's it. That's true. Stop the granting make the hands to shake. And so, and, and that's proven true for me, unfortunately, or fortunately, um, getting into South Texas, um, you know, I had a little assistance there. With, um, yeah. My dad, somebody my dad knew, um, you know, getting to the DA's office, it was, it was not, it was not my grades or anything. It was, it was how I worked and how I did things. So it's not the grades that makes the hands shake and the things you do. Um, so don't, don't let your grades uh, prevent you from proceeding forward in the future. Um, you know, be something, be someone. Well, and nobody, nobody's asked me, I've yet to be asked what I got my on my bar exam minus exactly I mean yeah. I know I know my score but exactly I killed it I thought I did fine right yeah you know? I, I did good enough yeah, yeah I did good enough <laughs> all right so uh so Neil you're in private practice if someone's in Harris County and listening or one of our listeners has somebody who's in Harris County and needs a needs to send them your way how can they find you uh, 281-645-0800. Um, that's my, that's my number. Okay. And then, um, and then, um, my, uh, website is currently being under process, uh, but it should be Neil A. Krug at, uh, dot com. Okay. We'll, Neil, we'll put- e- Neil A. Neil. So my, my middle name is Alexander. So Neil A. Krug.com. Neil a. All right. All right. Just want to make sure. Uh, but if, if you just, I mean, my name's, you're going to find two Krugs in Texas, most likely. One, my dad, who's a real estate attorney. And you're not him. Or, and that's not me. There you or, go. Or me, um, Neil Krug. And, and you'll find me easily for sure. Thanks, awesome. guys. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll put both of those up on the show notes and, uh, and hopefully, you know, some people will reach out to you. You know, maybe some of our other attorneys throughout the state need some help out in Harris County, and that yeah. way they can touch base and uh, and see what we what y'all can do together. For sure, uh, I I, uh, I actually just reached out to a, a attorney that's here in Harris. There was um, it looked like he was you know under some physical ailments, and I was like, hey man, let me help you out. You know, whatever I can, I sent him an email. Um, anybody that needs any uh, work done in Harris, I'm pretty much there, if not yeah. every single day. So. Um, I'm not, I'm not hard to find. Um, Neil Krug at gmail.com. Cool. Up, whatever. Thanks guys so much for this opportunity. Thank you very, very much. Thanks to Absolutely, James, man. my paralegal for, for helping setting this up. And uh, yeah, thanks luck. James. Thanks so much. Well, thanks. Th- honestly, thank you to all of our listeners, right? Whether yeah. they're the paralegal <laughs> that hands us off to a, to a new, to a new uh, um, a guest on the show. Guest. Yeah. But uh, we know several paralegals and assistants that listen to us, and um, we appreciate that. I will be speaking at the Paralegals Conference next week in in Tarrant County. Um, so I'm going to talk about motion to suppress. Surprise, surprise. Fantastic. I know. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of Andrew and Andrew and Winston. He's here, he like is, usual. Like always. Uh, on Texas Criminal Defense, you can find us on the web at texascrimdef.com. Dot com, no texas crim defense.com text crim Good job, guys. yeah i know it's terrible you got it um and then you can find <laughs> us on facebook at andrew and andrew on texas criminal defense and you can find us on twitter i think we're now up to like 23 uh twitter followers um we're getting there we're getting there it's been a long day uh, i'll follow you all nice. right all right <laughs> we will uh talk to you soon <laughs>